Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. In this program, I'm going to be talking about pressure. A lot of us are under pressure. And I'm going to show you how to deal with pressure so that it doesn't get to you and so that you don't turn around and pressure other people. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is how to withstand pressure. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi everyone, welcome. Today, I would like to have a Back to Basics program where I talk about uh, stress. Stress has been one of my favorite topics over the years because we can all understand stress. We understand that, that somehow we're under pressure. Everywhere you go, there is pressure. And you react and respond to the pressure. And you end up killing yourself, working too hard, giving too much, loving too much, caring too much, spending too much, trying to please other people too much until the day comes where you just can't anymore. You're out of energy. And then sometimes people withdraw. They go and hide because they can't take the pressure. So what is the nature of this pressure? I want you to see what, what it is. And I'm going to say it very quickly to set the tone. And I'm going to say that it's unnatural. Most of the pressure is unnatural. Because there's a difference between, for example, needing to get to work at a certain time. So you arrange your day. You will leave a little early because you know there's going to be extra traffic and you have it all planned out and you get to work. So it's not a pressure. Once in a while, there's a delay in traffic. And ideally, you should just take note of the delay. And when you arrive at work, you say, oops, sorry to be late. There was heavy traffic. And your boss says, yeah, I know. I, I was stuck in it too. So there's no pressure there. But we all know that we are under pressure. You feel a pressure just about everywhere. Sometimes you're sitting at home quietly or you're lying in bed at night and you feel pressure. You feel a discomfort, anxiety, you're uneasy. And so there's this pressure. And what is this pressure? It's a psychic thing. It's a metaphysical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's a psychological thing. But it's so real, and sometimes it's so strong that it's it's practically palpable. What is the nature of this pressure? I will tell you. I will tell you what it is. It's evil. God never pressures anyone, okay? And good people, or let me put it another way, someone who has not themselves been corrupted who has not themselves been pressured and given into it, who, have, who has not taken on the identity of the pressure source, the person who has not been broken, the person who has not been subject to horrendous pressure and, and fallen to it and succumbed to it, that person would never pressure anyone. All pressure does is it disables performance and it causes our how would you say it, our skill level to fall. And yes, yeah, some people thrive on pressure. 
They do, and you know why? Because they've been totally corrupted by it and adapted to it, so they don't know how to function without pressure. Yeah, a lot of people, if there's no pressure, they just sit there. They won't do anything, and then suddenly there's a big pressure, and that's why some people actually create pressure for themselves so they can function. They can't function unless there's a deadline. So what this pressure is, it's always there. Sometimes it's in your mind telling you, you need to do more. You need to work harder. You need to be nicer. You need to give more. You need to try harder. You got to get a higher position, make more money. You got to get more education. You got to exercise more. You see, it's always there. And then it's in other people pressuring you. And when you go to work, there's a lot of pressure. And so somehow it's never happy with the way you are. Maybe you can remember when you were a child and you were happy and you were playing and everything was okay. And your parent came and they looked around and they see something. Did you do that yet? Did you do your homework? Did you do this? Did you do that? They couldn't allow you to have a moment's peace. See? Well, what was that all about? Well, they had been pressured. It had been done to them, and they turned around and did it to others. So I want to put it in a way that maybe you can understand. Let's take a little break. When I come back, we'll continue the discussion of how to withstand pressure. Take Shedding Shackles with you wherever you go with Apple Podcasts. Let's think back to the Garden of Eden scene. And there you have Adam, and uh, they were in paradise. Remember now, they were in paradise. Everything was okay. How many times, let me just, a little aside once again. How many times have have you just been sitting there and everything is basically okay, but you start to think, well, I should do this. I better do that. I better do this. I'm not doing enough there. And you create little pressures for yourself. Or how many people do you know that always throw a monkey wrench into the works and mess everything up? They can't stand peace. They have to mess things up. Just when everything is okay, they cause a, a drama scene. Just when everything is okay, they, they somehow mess up. And then you have to go around and feel like you have to fix it. You have to help them. You have to solve it. Some people are expert at that. But why can't, why can't we just be happy? And why can't we just all get along? That was one of the great lines in history. Was it Rodney? What was his name? I remember. And there was all this stuff going on. He says, can't we, can't we just get along? That was beautiful. That's true. Can't we just get along? See, I want you to understand this also, that people will pressure you. Now, here's another way they will pressure you. If you're sitting quietly and everything is okay, and you have a job and you have a decent place to live and Everything is okay. And then they start saying something like, uh, well, you, 
Maybe you better go back to school and get more education, get a higher degree so you can get promoted. No, I don't want to get promoted. I saw my boss, he's just under pressure all the time. He's got too much responsibility. I like my job. I'm happy. Then what do they accuse you of? See, or you're in school. You're in high school and you're doing good. You're getting B's. Maybe you're getting B's. And you, you know, you're pretty happy. You got your friends and everything. And they say, we should be getting A's. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm doing okay. I like my, my teachers. I like my classes. Well, you're not getting good enough grades. You need to get an A. How are you going to get into college? How are you going to get a scholarship? How are you going to do? See? Pressure, pressure, pressure. So now I want to get back to the Garden of Eden scene again. So I think I, think I want you to see that it's unnatural. You should not be pressuring yourself. See, there shouldn't be a voice inside of you that's pressuring you. And yeah, if it's there, you, you have to learn how to deal with it. You le- have to learn how to just watch it and not react to it. And when other people pressure you, you have to learn how to deal with that. See, without either getting angry and resentful on the one hand and without giving in to the pressure all the time and becoming a total people pleaser and wimp on the other. See. And you have to be able to to have something out there that's an issue and be aware of the issue and not hide from the issue, but not be upset by it. All right? And if you have kids, you should not be pressuring them. But now let's get back to the example I was giving. I said, if you say, nah, I don't think I want to get a promotion because I'm ha- I like my job. I'm making okay money. I'm happy. What do they accuse you of? They accuse you of being lazy, of not being ambitious. But I want to say right now, there's a difference between being ambitious and being industrious. The egotist, the impatient person, the greedy person, see, is ambitious for money, for power for something, for accolades, for popularity, whatever it is, they're ambitious. And that is not good. But it's okay to be industrious, to see an opportunity and move toward the opportunity. It's good to to have your own business. It's good to be industrious. But there's a difference between being ambitious and being industrious. It's okay to be industrious but you don't want to be ambitious. Okay, so you got the idea? So you also have to learn to deal with other people. If you're doing okay, you got some plans, you, you know, you're, 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 you're going to be doing some stuff and you, you're, you're saving your money, whatever it is that you're, you're up to. Maybe you're better off not sharing it with them because they'll just try to ruin it. But on the other hand, you have to be ready for, for people to say to you, well, you're just lazy, you're just, you know, you're not being in, ambitious enough. You have to be re- ready to let that go in one ear and out the other and pay it no mind. Move at your own pace. And if somebody's pressures you, you have to learn how to just observe the pressure, but keep it on the outside. That's it. Keep it on the outside. Because when you get upset by it, when you get resentful over it, when you get angry over it, it gets inside. And then it, pre- it pressures you from inside, and it can adopt the voice of your, of your mother or your teacher or your boss or whoever it was that pressured you. 
and then it pressures you and bosses you around from the inside. Well, you have to learn how to deal with that too. But first, you have to learn how to keep any new pressures on the outside. See the pressure, watch it, don't react, don't respond, don't get angry, see? And just do what you can. See, if, if people are pressuring you, then j- just do the best you can. If it's not good enough for them, too bad. Let them be upset and frustrated. You have to be more like Alfred E. Newman. What, me worry? Remember Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine? He said, what, me worry? We have to be like that. You're listening to Shedding Shackles, a breath of fresh air on the radio. In this program, I'm going to be talking about pressure. A lot of us are under pressure. And I'm going to show you how to deal with pressure so that it doesn't get to you and so that you don't turn around and pressure other people. And you parents, when you pressure your kids, look, when you pressure your kids, look, I'm going to give this example. It's a very good example. I've given it probably dozens and dozens of times, but you need to hear it. Maybe this time you'll really hear it instead of it just going, you know, where you don't really hear it. Let's say you have a little kid, and then before they go to bed, they have to brush their teeth. So it's time to go to bed. You say, brush your teeth. And then the next night, brush your teeth. And the next night, did you brush your teeth? No. Okay, brush your teeth. If you have to remind your child a thousand nights in a row, did you notice the word remind? That's all. Remind. Did you brush your teeth? No. Brush your teeth. If you have to remind your child a thousand nights, two thousand nights in a row, so be it. You should never get angry, should never get upset, should never try to pressure them, never try to manipulate them, never try to motivate them, never try to scare them. Just say, brush your teeth. And then one night, the child will see herself. She will see the wisdom of brushing her teeth, and then she'll brush her teeth because she sees that it's the right thing to do. It's a wise thing to do. And now it's hers. She owns it. She's self-motivated, independent, and she's close to her common sense, close to her intuition, close to what she knows is right in her heart. She's her own person. But if you become impatient after a few nights and you start to raise your voice or get angry or act disappointed, see, or try to threaten or try to bribe your child, it might, it'll work. Okay, it'll work. Unless the child rebels, a lot of ch- kids will rebel against the pressure. Why do you think kids rebel? Have you ever wondered? If, if there was no pressure upon them, if at home... Parents had wisdom and love and understanding and kindness and long-suffering, then there would be nothing to rebel against. 
So kids rebel. See, you if you go down to Skid Row, you go down the worst part of town, you see people laying in the gutter. See? You there you will see the result of pressure. Some people, when you pressure and apply extreme pressure, then they buckle and conform, and they become the lily-livered people-pleasers, and they become the ones that go off and do really bad things. See, they're just told to do whatever. They go to work, and then they do, do whatever they're told to do. They're the conformists, characterless. And others rebel, and they end up in prison. They end up in the gutter. Yeah, some of them recover, but they're broken. And maybe, yeah, some of the characterless conformists, maybe they also see that they're wrong and they also recover, but most of them don't. And it's the result of pressure. So, learn. Don't pressure other people. Don't pressure yourself. And if people pressure you, just what? Observe it and keep it on the outside. Now, I do have a meditation that is helpful. It teaches you how to become centered, get back in touch with your own intuition and common sense so you can be independent. It teaches you how to have a little bit of mental distance, a little bit of detachment, so that when you're out in the world and people pressure you, you can observe the pressure without reacting to it, without getting angry at it, without getting upset by it without buckling under to it on the one hand, without rebelling against it on the other hand. You see what I mean? You remain free, free to do the right thing. Here's another example. See, I told you this was back to basic. I have some good books on the subject. I have a book called Putting the Forever Back in Love. Putting the Forever Back in Love. It's a great book for about relationships and about marriage. But the second half of the book, most of the second half of the book is devoted to parents and kids. You should get that book. I also have a book called Santa's Take on Parenting. Yeah, it's a sto- it's a story, but it, it's a it's a um what's the word to use? Not a parable, but it's a it's a story that has a good teaching met message in it. It's a fun story. It's a good read. It's a short book. You'll love it. Your kids will love it. Santa's take on parenting, but it's about Santa and Mrs. Claus and a couple of kids come to visit and how Santa is able to put into practice all the principles that I've been talking about on on this program, on being patient, on having long suffering, on being kind, on not trying to motivate, not trying to bribe, not trying to scare, not trying to pressure people to be ambitious. You see what I mean? It's just a great story. So you just go to Amazon and search Roland Trujillo, I suppose, and my books should be there for you. But what was I talking about? Now I lost my train of thought. I had a good thought. Oh yeah, here it is. So let's say you're you're at home, you're a teenager, I don't know, or you're a college student. You're still living at home. And your mom comes and she says, take the garbage out. Well, she says it in such a mean way that it tempts you to want to rebel. Here's what you do. You let a moment pass and take a mental step back and check with your intuition, what you know in your heart. 
what your word listed on your heart. Check with it. And if it's wise, if you see in the light of your intuition, if you see that it's wise to take the garbage out, then go ahead and take it out. See? If you see that it's the right thing to do to help your mom out, even though if she even though she's mean and bossy, you see that it's the right thing to then do it. On the other hand, if it's not something that you have to do, maybe it's your brother's job or something, say, sorry, that's my brother's job. Go ask him to do it. See what I mean? But mostly, I'm using an example of something that would be really easy to do. Here's my point. This is the important point. You got to listen to this point now. My point is this. If you see that it's wise or right to take the garbage out, then take it out. Not because you're succumbing to the pressure, but because you see that it's wise. You're obeying your conscience. You're obeying your intuition. You're not obeying her. See, you're not succumbing to her pressure. You're doing what you see is wise. You're obeying your conscience. Your conscience is from God. Your intuition is from God. You see in your, in your heart, yeah, it would be the right thing to do to help mom out, take it out. Do it for that reason, because you see that it's wise and that way you're obeying what's right. You're not obeying her. Now, she may think you're obeying her. She may think that you're leaping to, to at her command. Let her think what she will. doesn't matter. You know in your heart that you're doing it because you see that it's wise. And that, that's how you can be free and independent, even though there's pressure on the outside. Got it? All right. A Meditation Moment with Jeremiah Trujillo. It's a sad fact that most people suffered some sort of trauma when they were a little child. Every time they reacted emotionally to something or someone, a little bit of the outside, a little bit of that pressuring person, got inside. They also gave up a little bit of their identity, until eventually they became completely remade from the outside in. It's beautiful when you have a little child that sees something and doesn't understand it, and he runs to mom or dad. As a parent, you must respond with patience, so that your child will not suffer any traumas. When you respond to a question from your child, it should come from within and be directed by the Creator. Find more inspiration for your day at SheddingShackles.com So why don't you get the meditation? that I have, or the little sitting quietly exercise. Either one, they're both good. They're free, 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 free at the website, sheddingshackles.com. They're totally free. You should get those. They would be very helpful to you. But listen to this program again. It's in podcast. You know, uh, pretty much that wherever you get your podcast, doesn't matter whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or the radio station website, you know, they're all over the place. So just look for Shedding Shackles. You, you'll find it, all right? Or you can go to, go to our website, SheddingShackles.com, and click on Listen. There it is, you know, to listen to. So you really ought to do yourself a big favor and start learning how to cope with the pressure. I didn't even get into the, the whole thing I wanted to get into about the Garden of Eden. It was the devil. See, his suggestions. So look, his suggestions, you know, you could be, you could be like a god. 
with knowledge, if you were just a little more ambitious, you know, you're just, maybe God is just testing you to see whether, you're, whether you have a gut to go off on your own and do something. So it was, it was suggestions that the devil was making through Eve, but Adam reacted, responded, and thereby he became subject to it. And that's why it then became a pressure. See? Otherwise, it could be on the outside. Now, even Christ was pressured. Greg called in with a question. He said, well, why did the devil, why did God allow the devil to tempt Jesus, even though he knew that Jesus wouldn't, wouldn't fail? It had to be in order to start over again. It was not a given that Christ wouldn't fall. Many people have fallen. Presidents have fallen. Governors, priests, pastors, doctors, dentists, housewives, carpenters, businessmen and businesswomen. Husbands have betrayed their wives and their kids' wives have betrayed their husband. It was not a given that Christ wouldn't fall. Temptation comes along, and it gets to most people sooner or later. So the world waited with bated breath, but Christ was true. He did not fall for the temptation, and so he was the new Adam. Adam had fallen. Christ remained true to the Father and didn't fall. It was a very beautiful moment. Christ undid every bad thing that had happened. At the Last Supper, he took the curse from food. By being believable, he took away the doubt. By not responding to the temptation and falling, he was the new Adam who was true. And he would be the first of a new race of bright-natured people who would learn obedience and become loyal to God and inherit eternal life. The point of the program that I have today is that even Christ, there was pressure put upon him, but he responded with what he knew in his heart was right, didn't he? He responded with a simple Bible verse, and he remained loyal to what he knew was right. But the point is that, you know, there's always going to be temptation, there's always going to be pressure, and uh, you just have to uh, learn to deal with it. So temptation is always going to be there, so you have to learn how to deal with it. Keep it on the outside, just watch it. Just watch it, all the tricks. And then it gets inside of people, and, and it'll pressure you to them. Just see that. See, they can't help themselves. They don't even know what they're doing, so forgive them. See, that's, that, there you go. There's the bottom line. Forgive them. Christ said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. So don't resent them. Forgive them. Do what's right, and you can't go wrong. Do what's right, and you can't go wrong. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. 
Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener supported. Thank you. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.